Dennis, first aid and cholesterol don't normally go together, <laughs> but you're going to just touch on both of them. We those. are indeed. A very interesting incident about uh, a recent uh, first aid course that I did uh, successfully and a very interesting discussion with one of the attendees. I'll talk about it in a moment. It's quite fascinating. Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart, and we're going to talk a little bit about cholesterol and the treatment of it in just a moment. Uh, But we've had a call from Cheryl, who rang in from Fennel Bay. And uh, Cheryl, you've got some thanks to pass on. Yeah, um, my 11-year-old daughter um, went to see Dennis um, about a condition with her skin, and um, he's just got such a lovely um, well, bedside manner, sort of, in a way, um, that he can talk to young children as well as us oldies. So I just want to say thank you to Dennis. Um, yeah, absolutely amazing guy and very, very kind and friendly. Thank you, Cheryl. That's a, that's a very nice compliment. Uh, I do try to relate particularly to kids, and let me just say to listeners, um, whilst I see children, obviously... Always with children, um, they must be accompanied by a carer or parent or an adult. Um, And generally speaking, that's a very, very good uh, consulting basis because not always are little kids um, easy to, to talk to. Not always can they convey their concerns to you, although the skill of being a good practitioner is uh, to be able to relate to children. I've had a bit of experience with that with my own family as well as 40 years of talking to kids, but it's good that uh, that a parent, an adult, a carer can come just to support the kid. And uh, I'm glad you rang, Cheryl. I know who you are, and thank you so much for ringing. And what a lovely start to the program. Mm. Thank you for your call, Cheryl. Uh, Pauline has rung in from Maitland. And, Pauline, uh, your mouth's giving you a bit of problem. <laughs> It's just the little ulcers where my lip joins the inside of my mouth. Okay. Uh, yes. do, do you have these uh, ulcers regularly, Pauline? No, no. Okay. No. Look, there is a very, very good topical cure uh, yes. for mouth ulcers. In fact, uh, it's, it's a specific treatment, although it's not well known because, like so many good remedies, uh, they tend to be based on herbs. And herbs, yes. unfortunately, is not these days... Uh, herbal medicine is not these days as well known as no. perhaps it should be, but uh, exactly you, right. you will you will have uh, up there a compounding uh, pharmacist or a mm-hmm. herbal dispensary. They would mm-hmm. have a herb called myrrh, M Y R R H. M Y R R H. Now, a preparation, a pharmaceutical preparation, is known as tincture of myrrh, T I N C T U R E, tincture of myrrh. Now, that's mm-hmm. a very old-fashioned but easily obtained preparation. What one does is take the tincture of myrrh in a very dilute form, and your pharmacist would tell you the proportion, but I tend to mm-hmm. recommend something like a teaspoonful in a tumbler of warm water. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. find the warm water will go whitish, but that's okay. Now, mm-hmm. if, if you were to rinse your mouth once or twice mm-hmm. a day with mm-hmm. tincture of myrrh diluted with uh, an adequate amount of warm water you would find that that should speedily, and let me emphasise, speedily resolve the mouth ulcer condition. I have, I have not known uh, too many people not to benefit from using tincture of myrrh as a topical management for the occasional outbreak of a mouth ulcer. So, so just, just right along where your lip is, yes. you know, right along the front. Yes. 
Just real, real tiny, pinhead ones. Well, if, if you are sure that they're mouth ulcers, well, mm. then what I have said is good advice. Mm. If, on the yeah. other hand, you are not sure that it is a mouth ulcer, that may, it may well be another lesion, you should, mm. you should necessarily see your good GP to get a more accurate diagnosis. But if it is a mouth ulcer, uh, the tincture of myrrh recommendation still stands. To on RFM's Health Naturally and your calls, 49216216. Dennis, uh, cholesterol, that's mm. what you were asked at the first aid course yes. you went to, wasn't it? Look, it was a very interesting event. Just to fill listeners in, every three years, uh, health professionals such as myself and others have to uh, do a first aid program. I have done about 10 in my 40-year history, uh, but it's necessary to maintain one's registration and professional status. So this year I did it with a team at Western, first time ever. And I must say, of all the uh, courses that I have done over the years, uh, this was the most enjoyable and professionally conducted course I've ever done. Well done, Coalfield people, and well done, Greg. We enjoyed it. My dear daughter, Rachel, uh, still reflects on it, and uh, it was a great time. But interestingly... Jane, from the moment I, I, I went to the training centre there in Western, um, I was recognised. It was quite interesting, um, mainly as a result of my voice, which is, is a, a little bit um, interesting. But it's, it seems that uh, my voice is well known. But interestingly, that more importantly perhaps, um, during the first aid course that I did, there was a significant group of people there, and I'm convinced, as I said to you earlier, that the majority of them listen to this radio station. Now, isn't that good? Not just to my program, but to this radio station. So, well done to NUR. Keep listening. Hello, hello. (laughs) It's lovely to have you on. When they they found out uh, who I was, uh, of course, many of them started asking health questions. I thought it was going to be an easy day, and indeed it was. But one gentleman, interestingly, had a cholesterol problem, and this is what caused me today to take up this because I said, look, I'll try to mention something about it on Friday. This was a a lovely chap who was uh, doing part-time work in a care situation. And he said, look, he said, I have a a, a cholesterol problem, he said, but I can't take statins. He said, uh, they just, uh, I just can't take them. They cause so much pain and discomfort. He said, so my, my GP said, look, you've got to go off them. Uh, and and he said, uh, but I've got a cholesterol problem. He said, is there anything in your system of medicine that could help? And I said, this could be your lucky day because (laughs) listeners have heard me talk before about my um, regret that there's not enough uh, recognition within mainstream medicine of the way in which uh, natural medications can significantly affect cholesterol levels, particularly what we would refer to as mildly elevated levels of cholesterol. I have the opinion, which I've expressed on this program before, uh, that cholesterol medication, the most popular medication are the statins, that these things, in my opinion, and I couch it in that terminology, are too frequently prescribed prior to using what I call softer options. Now, this is not in criticism of anyone. It's an observation. And many, many people that I see in my rooms, in my practice, present with reservations about being on statins. And interestingly, and many GPs would have experienced this also, many of them are uncomfortable on the statins where one of the major side effects 
is associated with muscle pain, myopathy conditions. So I said to this chap, look, I believe there are some options that are available in natural medicine to help and get cholesterol level down. And we'll talk about it in a moment. We will, as George has rung in from New Lambton. George, you've got a question about primrose oil and cod liver oil. Yes, that's right, Dennis. Um, I heard you talk about it a long time ago. Oh, yes. So what, what, what should I use the primrose oil in? Okay. Um, primrose oil has multiple benefits. I've touched on it frequently before, and I will uh, give you some of the areas where I think it is worthwhile giving a go based on the, the literature that I keep referring to. One of the areas that I mentioned is that uh, a chronic that is a long-term perseverance with significantly high doses of primrose oil can be of great benefit potentially for people suffering from uh, diabetic uh, neuropathic conditions. Uh, patients or people that experience diabetes can develop along the way a neuropathy, which means a, a lack of or a loss of nerve flow, particularly to the extremities. Now, oil of evening primrose has been presented as a potential benefit to lessen the acceleration of that condition and may be, if, if used early enough, stop the development of it. So in my talking to, to people that are interested in doing something about their uh, diabetic uh, condition, amongst other things, I will recommend that they use oil of evening primrose in significant dosages long-term, long-term, as a means of addressing the potential uh, development of uh, neuropathic conditions, principle number one. The second area where primrose oil is most popularly used, that is in the management of what we call skin conditions or dermatology. Now here, oil of evening primrose has found significant usage in the treatment of what's called atopic eczema. And atopic eczema means an eczema that frequently asserts itself on kids. We see kids presenting with atopic eczema, which is an itching, irritable, inflammatory condition, uh, which can occur early in life. Mine developed later in life, but it can occur early in life, and little kids particularly are very distressed with it. Fortunately, many little kids will tend to gravitate out of the acute phase, and with good medical management, um, that, can, that period of time can be lessened greatly. But oil of evening primrose has been put forward as a useful supplement to, to give to children in particular, but not only to children, uh, to adults that experience uh, eczema conditions or dermatitis conditions, the theory being that it brings to the body a substance called gamma-linoleic acid, GLA. And the theory is that individuals with atopic conditions, particularly atopic eczema conditions, have a lack or, or don't handle well uh, gamma-linoleic acid from their food and when one brings it in as a supplement one uh, substitutes for perhaps uh, an insufficient take-up from a normal diet. So I have great confidence that I have seen significant improvement not only in children but in adults that persevere with the regular daily taking of a significant dosage of oil of evening primrose. Now let me emphasise here this is not a treatment which will assert itself uh, overnight 
it's a supplement that, and it's a food supplement, whether it be for uh, the diabetic condition that I've spoken about or whether it be for an atopic expert condition that I'm talking about now, the oil of evening primrose needs to be taken chronically, as we say in medicine, that is for an ongoing daily uh, long-term period of time over which in many cases, not all, but in many cases, there is a significant alteration in the status of the condition. There are two areas where it is used. The third area that I speak frequently about is mainly to do with what uh, happens to some ladies, particularly uh, prior to the period when they develop what's called nostalgia. Now, nostalgia is a painful breast condition associated with what is colloquially referred to as lumpy breast conditions. Here, here there is a real role for oil of evening primrose in, in the lady's diet, taken as a regular supplement in elevated dosages, it can work marvels in lessening the onset of this condition which so many women experience and yet so few of them know that in something like primrose oil one can get a result from. So there are three conditions for which primrose oil is used. I'll quickly, because I have to be quick, I'll quickly say that with reference to cod liver oil, uh, there are two areas where it is put forward as being potentially useful. One area is in the management of what's called rheumatoid arthritis. Now, this is not to say that it takes over from the medication that a rheumatologist or a GP might prescribe, but cod liver oil has been shown in elevated dosages to be useful to be useful in lessening the symptomatology of rheumatoid arthritis, but it has to be in the elevated dosage of three to six grams uh, per day. That is one area where it's used. Cod liver oil also is used uh, with perhaps lesser uh, evidence to support it, but many people uh, swear by it in the, in, the, in the area of cholesterol management, where it does seem to improve the level of what we call the good cholesterol. And the other area where it is used is in helping people battle psoriasis, which is another chronic skin condition where a long-term perseverance with cod liver oil and its particular chemistry can lessen sometimes the virulence of that condition. So there's a bit of a run-through, very briefly, on two of the most important oils that we use in therapy, easily available from your health food store or pharmacy, very safe, talk to the the retailer or the pharmacist about dosage and remember what I've said they have to be taken chronically in order to expect a benefit. This is to a new RFM's Health Naturally and Dennis Stewart but we're also talking about cholesterol and Mm. how you might be able to Mm. to treat it. uh, well, I was going to say traditional medicine, but um, I suppose conventional medicine maybe mm. uses a lot of statins yes. to treat cholesterol. Yes. Um, are there side effects associated with statins, Dennis? There are, and um, the most, or one of the most common side effects is what I've already referred to this morning. That is the way in which frequently muscle pain uh, over the body, but particularly in the legs, uh, is... is uh, a common symptom that is the one that's most frequently mentioned to me by patients who are retreating from the use of statins and looking for for alternatives but there are a couple of other things as well um the 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 gp would know and certainly the the cardiologist would know that some statins will cause an alteration in what we call the level of of liver enzymes uh, the liver is a very very important organ 
and what are called enzymes in the liver indicate uh, how healthy the, the liver is or whether there are things going wrong in the liver. Now, in natural medicine, we place a lot of emphasis on the integrity of the liver and the need to maintain healthy, uh, ongoing healthy liver function. In some patients, what, what happens is liver enzymes will become elevated. They will become elevated. I had a patient in to see me last week who uh, is feeling quite unwell and, uh, and fortunately uh, brought her blood tests with her. And one of the things that I was able to note was that her liver enzymes were very, very significantly elevated. And what I suggested, and rightly so, was that she uh, talk to a GP about the issue. She may well have mentioned it before, but raise the issue with the GP because they, the elevated level of enzymes uh, can mean something. Now, having said that, the GP is likely to say, well, the liver will return to normal um, as soon as the medication is, is taken away, and that frequently is the case. But I have observed over the years that uh, well-being, health, well-being, good appetite, good digestion has a lot to do with a vibrant, normal liver function and that any disturbance in liver enzymes should be clarified by the medical professional. It's not the role of, of natural therapists, but it is something that the GP or the specialist should look at, particularly in the context of a person feeling unwell. So muscle pain, elevated enzymes, and one which is perhaps not as well known and perhaps isn't as well acknowledged by the mainstream, but which is occurring over and over and over again in medical literature that's being presented frequently now, pointing out that memory can be affected by the use of statins. And, and people might say, well, have you ever seen this in practice? I had a very interesting experience, Jane. One of the virtues of my being able to, to talk like this to listeners is that I base a lot of what I say on what I've observed, what I've recommended, and, and conditions that I've treated with naturopathic medicine. I remember a couple of years ago, I won't say what practice, but at one of my practices, a gentleman presented with his dear wife. The gentleman was in his mid-60s. And what was disconcerting him and disconcerting his wife equally was the seemingly sudden, sudden failure in his short-term memory. And it was quite, it was quite disturbing. And um, there, there was no answer to it. And I had uh, asked a few questions. And I said to the gentleman and his wife, uh, are you on statins? And... Uh, he said, well, what's a statin? I said, well, a statin is, is, a, is a colloquial term for referring to a group of drugs that are used to treat cholesterol. He said, yes, I'm on it. He said, I've been on it a number of months. And his wife said, and in that period of time, he forgets everything I'm saying to him. She said, what do you think I should do? And it's a true story, a true story. I said, well, look, I'm not going to tell you to go off it. It's not my role. It would be improper. It would be unethical. The only person that can alter your medication is your GP or your cardiologist. That's the right thing to do. But what I would suggest you do, what I would suggest you do, see your GP, arrange a meeting with the cardiologist and run it, run it past them to see if they concur that there may be a, a connection. 
So if you don't take a statin or you mm. instead of a statin, yeah. is there some other option that yes, there might are. be possible? There are. Let me just say that that gentleman was taken off his statin. Uh-huh. Now, if, and what am I saying here? I, I needed to point this out because I'm not a critic per se of the use of statins, and it would be wrong for, for my medical colleagues, uh, specialists out there, to say he's putting statins down per se. I'm not. All I'm saying is, in my opinion and experience, they are frequently prescribed too early, and not always are they. Uh, not always is there an awareness that what a patient is presenting with, in a sense of unwellness, could be coming, could be coming as a side effect of it. Now, this is where I say that one should always look for softer options. Are there softer options? There are. For instance, in my my rooms only a couple of days ago, two people presented. One was an Anglican priest and the other one I'm not sure. I don't think it was a man or woman of the cloth, but both of them had significant, mildly elevated histories of cholesterol elevation and were reluctant to go down the pathway of statins despite the fact that their very good GPs wanted them to do so. They were very intelligent people. So initially what I did, I I suggested, and I suggest this to to listeners, I put them on two natural substances, which is usually a first line of my recommendation. The first thing I recommended to them was that they immediately go on to a specified level of what's called soluble fibre. Now, soluble fibre is found in many natural products, but it is best represented in oat bran. Best represented in oat bran. It's a soluble fibre. That means it has a gel in it, which when it gets into the gut, that gel absorbs into its own mass a lot of what are called bile salts, which is another way for talking about cholesterol. And as a result of using soluble fibre, I I talk to it in the terms to my patients that, look, see it as a magnet. Soluble fibre in, say, oat bran with a substance called beta-glucan in it, when it gets into the gut, it, it develops a gel. That gel has multiple benefits, multiple benefits, but one of the benefits is that it gathers into its own mass, like a magnet, cholesterol, and lessens the reabsorption of cholesterol across the bowel wall and, as a result, lowers cholesterol. There's no doubt about this. You can go to your pharmacy or your health food store and you'll see products labelled with claims that only could be approved by the Therapeutic Goods Administration that these can, this can be used for the reduction of cholesterol. Does it do it immediately? No. In both cases, it's taken over six months to drag it down from about 7.2 to a little bit just a little bit uh, below or a little bit above five. So soluble fibre, say oat bran being a good representative of it, cheap, regularly taken on a daily basis, always first up. And if you think that that is perhaps a simplistic method, in the scheme of things, soluble fibre has a plus four rating. That's four out of six. Six in the text that I'm referring to is, is an optimum benefit. You can't get anything better. Fibre has a plus four rating, which means it's very high up there, significant clinical evidence to support it as a means of progressively lowering cholesterol levels. And the other thing that I put both these patients on, but many others as well, are what are called phytosterols. 
Our phytosterols uh, uh, are well known. We have margarine products that boast about the level of these substances in them, but in a specified pharmaceutical form, a tablet or capsule, phytosterols are remarkable. In fact, in one of the texts that I was reading this morning before the program, it was stated that prior to the advent of statins, phytosterols were just about ready to take off. But the statins came in and developed a popularity. But phytosterols are a very well-known, safe uh, uh, ingredient, if you like, in many foods and herbs. And when they're extracted and turned into a capsule or a tablet, they function, in a way, again, inhibiting the reabsorption of cholesterol across the gut wall back into the circulation. So here you have two methods, if you like, of working naturally to resist the ongoing problems of elevated cholesterol, although I'm a little bit sceptical about some of the problems. But where there is a moderately elevated level of cholesterol, I'm sure that most GPs out there would be happy to give their patients an opportunity with them monitoring the condition for them to take some oat brand specified in a dosage on a daily basis and to use phytosterols as a, as a, a remedy to reinforce the action. There are two remarkable remedies, Jane, that have served me well. This is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. Dennis is discussing statins today and Neil wants to discuss statins as well. <laughs> He's rung in from Bonnells Bay. Hello, Neil. Thank you, dear. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, uh, oh, I was on uh, Lipitor and I lost my memory in a gross way gross memory loss and I found that I say to myself um, you used to do that or then I'd forget it you know, or you used to think that way mm. you know and, and all my ways of thinking started to be forgotten so I borrowed a book from the library. Uh, the statin was Lipitor. Mm. And, and then um, I changed to Cavstat. But there's something causing my legs to become sore to the point I've had to go to day rehab for exercise. And... Mm. Neil, have you, have you, you've obviously uh, taken up this problem with your GP or your specialist, obviously, and, and uh, have, have they in any way at all acknowledged that it might be a statin that's causing this? No. Okay, because no. To, be, to be fair, to be fair uh, lots of conditions that affect memory and mobility and, and muscles, uh, lots of those conditions can be related to other things other than perhaps the remote possibility that it might be associated with the statin. So I appreciate what what you're saying, but again, um, it may not be coming from the statin, but on the other hand, it might. But I would have thought that if that were the case, your your GP or your specialist may well have uh, acknowledged this and done something about it. 
Yes. Well, it sounds, Neil, as though it might be a good path to follow. So uh, this is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. Statins still the subject. Alan's rung in from Budgiewoy. Hello, Alan. Hi, Dennis. How are you going? I'm well, Alan. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank good, you. Um, I'm interested in, in your conversation and your thoughts on statins. Um, okay. I'd just like to relay my story. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on Vitorin for yes. probably, I don't know, probably more than five years, I suppose. Yes. I was on Lipitor as yes. the previous caller. Yes. Um, I had the muscle things in the shoulders, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in the last 12 months, I've developed, uh, I've had two episodes of thrombosis. One was a superficial and one was deep vein, which I'm on a specialist for. Uh, they put me on Xeralto straight away. Yes, yes. And I'm also on um, blood pressure. Yes. Now, I'm just wondering, the last blood tests I had uh, were in March and yes. the results came through. Everything was back to, to normal, basically. Good. I haven't had Good. any alcohol whatsoever in six months. Yes. Just, just to prove to myself that something was going on with the liver. Yes. I've been tested positive for homochromatosis. Yes. Um, my dad's a carrier. Yes, I'm just yes. wondering, um, could the statins be in some way contributing to the, um, maybe the, not necessarily the chromatosis, but to the blood clots? I've never had anything like that before. Peter, I, I'm not a, a specialist on this, obviously. I'm a natural therapist. No. But um, I see a lot of people uh, who present with concerns about being on on, on, on statin medication. I have, yep. I have not uh, uh, discussed or had a consultation with anyone that has any uh, problems associated with uh, the condition that you've been talking about, deep vein thrombosis. Yep. I, I would be reluctant to, uh, to say that statins would be implicated in that. It's not, yep. not something that I have seen. Uh, okay. I, I would be surprised if it were. And um, I'm sure that if it uh, was associated with it, uh, your your GP or your your specialist would have suggested that you go yeah. off it. So again, I come back to the point that you can obviously see that I'm not a great fan of statins no. per se. Forget about <laughs> forget about brand names. But look, yeah. in some yeah. situations, uh, they are absolutely and utterly necessary. For instance, yeah. if, if you've had a stent or another yeah. cardiac procedure, they are, they are obviously necessary. Yeah. So the last thing we want is for people to, to throw up their hands in horror and say, I'm, I'm going off this statin. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. What I'm saying no, is no. two things can frequently happen, in my opinion. People are put on them too early that have a mild elevation of cholesterol. And yep. the, the, the other thing is that some people do react acutely to them, which sometimes leads them to have to be taken off it. And in yeah. that context, there needs to be looked at other ways of addressing the problem. I would be surprised, Peter, if there was any connection between your problem uh, and, yep. and, uh, and, and the statins that you're, you're taking. But again, I'm not a haematologist. No, uh, no, no, that's but fine. I, I'd be surprised, Peter. Thanks. Uh, well, I think what I'll do is um, I'm going to bring it up with the, the GP next time I go good, because, good. Um, you know, sometimes, they, as you say, they put you on these things and, you, they, you know, they just took, tend to forget about it. So, Well, um, my, but, my, my comment on, on that would be a general comment here. 
I believe very, very firmly that any medication that is prescribed, whether it be from a naturopath or a doctor, needs to be adequately explained to the patient as to what it purports to do, uh, the good things, but also what are problems associated with any of it. And my observation is, my observation is that too frequently uh, patients are placed on medication without adequate counselling from the prescriber as to why they've been put on that medication. I think education of the patient is an important thing there. Most patients are prepared to take it on the chin that there may be a side effect associated with what they're taking, but uh, if they don't use the medication, the downside is even worse. Now, also, this happens in our profession. Too many people uh, uh, take too many supplements and uh, uh, very frequently are not aware of why they're taking them, the potential for interaction, and why they're feeling unwell. One of my patients yesterday in my rooms at New Lambton presented simply because he had been taking a whole routine of supplements, I won't mention for what problem, um, prescribed uh, by a Sydney practitioner, and he just was starting to feel unwell. And when we questioned why uh, he was taking these things, there really wasn't a great deal of clarity as to why he needed to take them. And when we looked at his blood test, it was a very good blood test. And, uh, and I suggested just, just two simple things. He went out very, very happy because someone t- talked to him about the good side of things but also the bad side of things. Talk to your GPs, most GPs that I know. Uh, a good uh, people to discuss problems with we have to show an interest in our health and they will take an interest increasingly in, in helping us i think in this area newcastle we have some of the best general practitioners and i can say that because i've worked in sydney on the north shore as a natural therapist i've worked on the central coast for 30 odd years and i've worked in newcastle for many years I believe in our area we have some of the most approachable GPs you'd get anywhere. Have a yarn with them, Peter. Thank you very much. I think it was Alan, wasn't it? Was it Alan? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Alan. I'm sorry. So one more question uh, from Loops, who's rung in from Mount Hatton. Hello, Loops. Your question for Dennis? Hello. uh, Good afternoon, uh, Dennis. uh, Loops here. I'm one of your regular listeners, and thank Thank you for this uh, very important subject. Thank you. On cholesterol. I'm a diabetic, yes. and um, I was prescribed some statin and no brand names to be mentioned. And uh, I really felt the terrible side effects of uh, the statins, and I stopped, went back to the GP. He reduced the, <coughs> the dosage yes. and uh, encouraged me to continue. There was no change. Yes. I stopped completely and um, uh, resorted to diet and exercise. Yes. And I uh, went back for my regular blood. My GP was um, really surprised that my cholesterol was well managed. Good. And he just asked me to continue whatever I'm doing. Good. And uh, what I incorporated in my diet was uh, simply walnuts, almonds, and uh, daily um, uh, road oats uh, for my porridge yes. in the morning. Well done. And, Good um, <laughs> yeah, so well my done. cholesterol is well, done. Uh, yeah. well managed and I don't have those horrible side effects of well uh, done. Well cholesterol done. starting medications. Yeah, I felt the muscle weaknesses. Yes, I yes. felt the, the little bit of yes. memory lapses. Yes. Being young and so on, I was very worried yes. because I could just be 
And well, well, well done. That's just incredible, isn't it? Very good to know that there's there've been some good results with the soft. And, and look, I think this emphasise that gentleman was using rolled oats on a daily basis. And there you go. <laughs> that's a soluble fibre. <laughs> Next week we might talk about one of the remedies that I would have liked to have spoken about today, and that is the globe artichoke. That's a remarkable remedy for the liver, the gallbladder, and cholesterol. We shall take it up again when we meet next week. Which is after the midday news on Friday on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>